Hello, lovely listener. I'm your host, Lindsay, and you're listening to Two Cents Podcast, your Audible anthology. As this is a series, we shall be analysing another section of Walt Whitman's Song of Myself, as recited by Guy Melinda. Without further ado, cue the intro. Section 10 Alone, far in the wilds and mountains, I hunt, wandering, amazed at my own lightness and glee, in the late afternoon choosing a safe spot to pass the night, kindling a fire and broiling the fresh-killed game, falling asleep on the gathered leaves with my dog and gun by my side. The Yankee clipper is under her sky sails. She cuts the sparkle and scud. My eyes settle the land. I bend at her prow or shout joyously from the deck. The boatmen and clam diggers arose early and stopped for me. I tucked my trouser ends in my boots and went and had a good time. You should have been with us that day round the chowder kettle. I saw the marriage of the trapper in the open air in the far west. The bride was a red girl. Her father and his friends sat near, cross-legged and dumbly smoking. They had moccasins to their feet and large, thick blankets hanging from their shoulders. On a bank lounged the trapper. He was dressed mostly in skins. His luxuriant beard and curls protected his neck. He held his bride by the hand. She had long eyelashes. Her head was bare. Her coarse, straight locks descended upon her voluptuous limbs and reached to her feet. The runaway slave came to my house and stopped outside. I heard his motions crackling the twigs of the woodpile. Through the swung half-door of the kitchen I saw him, limpsy and weak, and went where he sat on a log and led him in and assured him, and brought water and filled a tub for his sweated body and bruised feet, and gave him a room that entered from my own, and gave him some coarse, clean clothes, and remember perfectly well his revolving eyes and his awkwardness, and remember putting plasters on the galls of his neck and ankles. He stayed with me a week before he was recuperated and passed north. I had him sit next to me at table. My firelock leaned in the corner. In section 8, the poet delineated all the sights and sounds of the city. Then in section 9, he describes a scene in the countryside. In those two sections, he is the same character, Walt Whitman. In section 10, we see him take different forms. He becomes a vagabond hunter, then a commanding sailor. Thereafter, he, or the I, becomes a spectator at a wedding, and finally, he becomes a caregiver to a runaway slave. Of course, there are instances where the speaker and the poet are not the same person. I recall the poem Marriage Was a Foreign Country by Mitsuya Yamada as a recent example, where the speaker is her mother while she is the poet. In the poem, her mother relays all her experiences as a picture bride, and Yamada moulds the speaker's accounts with poetic techniques. In section 10, the poet and the speaker are still one. However, this time, Whitman lives out other identities, singing out the songs of other people, if you will. But if you remember, a recurring theme with Song of Myself is that it is ultimately a celebration of humanity, 
and section 10 is where this celebration is realized. Let's take a look at the first identity he takes on, a lone hunter in the wilds and mountains. To be clear, at the publishing of this poem, Whitman had never been out in the wild hunting. Yet he describes a scene where he is delighted as he broils his court game over a fire. The scene ends with a light contentedness. Quote, falling asleep on the gathered leaves with my dog and gun by my side. In the next scene, Whitman is commander of a Yankee clipper, which is said to have been a clipper ship in the United States service. Clipper ships were designed to facilitate faster transport of cargo across oceanic waters, and Whitman acknowledges his ship's speed in the quote, The Yankee clipper is under her sky sails. She cuts the sparkle and scud. He remarks joyfully on his experiences as a sailor, saying to the reader, You should have been with us that day around the chowder kettle. Next, he describes a wedding taking place between the trapper in the far west and the red girl. The bride is described as red because the poet is referring to her Native American identity. I'm not too sure if he is the trapper being married, but he details the scene with great care, describing the groom and bride and the wedding guests. The groom and his, quote, luxuriant beard and curls protecting his neck, holding his bride's hand, who bore long eyelashes and was without veil or head covering, which gave full view of her coarse straight locks, which descended upon her voluptuous limbs and reached to her feet. Right from the bride's feet, we move to the last scene, where Whitman encounters a runaway slave. He notes that the slave was limpy and weak, and secretly trying to find rest around the poet's home. Whitman finds him and assures him, then takes him in. To go off on a little tangent, Whitman's opinions on slavery appear to be inconsistent. In some of his prose, he has been noted to defend the rights of slave owners, while we have sections such as this one where we see Whitman extend humanity to all people, slave and free. While this is something I'd like to delve deeper into, I think we can agree that many factors are at play in, point, in pinpointing where Whitman stood regarding slavery. Continuing, the runaway slave is cared for. He is given a chance to bathe, some fresh clothes, and a room close to the poet. Whitman describes the slave's bewilderment at the treatment he received, noting his revolving eyes and awkwardness. Eventually, the two seemed to get comfortable around each other in the week that the runaway slave stayed, and the scene ends with the two sitting at a table with Whitman including that his firelock was placed in the corner of the room. From what I could gather, a firelock is a type of handgun, and I suppose its inclusion in the scene was to emphasize the amicability and trust between Whitman and the runaway slave. Throughout his stay, the poet did not see the runaway slave as a threat and went forward treating him like a welcomed guest, an equal. Overall, Section 10 is a fulfillment of Whitman's title of the common man's poet. He delves into the lives of everyday people from various backgrounds and shows how complex, beautiful, and earthly each scene is. Thank you for listening to this segment. I appreciate you giving your time. If this is your first listen, I hope this was impressionable enough for you to join me again for another episode. If you're returning, your loyalty is unmatched and received with much gratitude. As always, my email is open for any further discussion on a topic, episode suggestions and even submissions. Till next time.